Okay, episode 363 of Global from Asia, talking about the Canton Fair and a little bit of my journey of seven days in the mountain temple. Aubrey, did you miss me? Yes, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you did great. You did great when I wasn't here. So, all right, everybody, let's tune in. Welcome to the Global From Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now your host, Michael Michelini. So Aubrey, you survived without me for a week. How was it? Gratefully, I did okay. The studio launch and the event went well so far, thanks to the help of our other members. Yeah, so just a little update. I don't think we've shared much on this podcast. Some people might have seen or heard on on the maybe social media or emails, but I, I took a seven day silent retreat in a Buddhist temple mountain in Shenzhen, about about not so far from where I am here in the downtown, but about about a half hour forty five minutes by car from where I am. And it was a little bit short notice, but I I told Aubrey. I know she's you're still new here uh, and doing great, but. So you haven't seen too much, but I haven't really taken a day off, I think, in years, multiple, multiple years. So so it was much needed, but a little bit short notice, but the team did great. And and you and there was a whole bunch of our team in Shadstone and GFA that did a uh, a member birthday kind of call last week. How was that? Yes. So again, congrats for your well-deserved break. So last week, yeah, I think last week we did great. We um, discovered that the community is enjoying with us. They shared something that might be useful for us to improve our services as well. Um, and also there are three lucky winners for your raffle. The swag pack. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So we gave, yeah, I, I, I'm going to write a personal little note for them too, because I know I know them in our community and give them some GFA swag shirts and some other giveaways. We're going to start to do more of that. It's advantage of being here in China is we can make, make so much so fast. So we're going to try that out and get, I think it was, I think we won't share the names, but there are some really regular people in our community. So it was great to have them there. And I read your uh, report. I think you shared it in the members forum at GFA VIP, but people are really supportive. I think one big update is we're going to try to get more of our GFA VIP members involved in the podcast, right? I think some of them are interested to do some interviews and host some shows. As we mentioned that in that event, and thankfully they are excited or they're willing to join us in this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that too. <laughs> I know. And that's why I'm happy to have you and helping out with the community management because it'll be a little bit extra coordination, but we're going to have some of our members hosting some shows. So hopefully, maybe, I don't want to promise too much, but maybe we can go back to weekly, maybe if we get, once we get the flow and, and have more great guests, because we have so many guests that want to come on our show and great content to share about, you know, cross-border trade and business and e-commerce. So we will be working on that. And it's a pretty big update. And then for DealFlow, I think you're you're working on one or two cases right now. Of course, we can't share too much, but and I'm I'm, I'm back I'm back from Temple, so I'm going to be following up some of the some of that. But it's it's great to have your help, Aubrey. Yes, uh, sure, Mike. Again, for the listeners or the viewers, if they want to sell their businesses, I guess we can help them. 
we just need to visit our site at globalfromasia.com slash broker. So yeah. I'm sure we're happy to help them sell their business. Yeah, we would love to. Of course, we're fully focused on e-commerce and of course, FBA is the hot one for our on the buy side, but we'd love to just talk to them and get to know them. And of course, in our general membership, Aubrey and I are just starting to talk about it, but another development during my mountain trip is we're working on a new, not just a course, but a program, but a whole new model of e-commerce. And I can't share too much right now, but we are just starting and stay tuned for some more updates on that. I'm really excited about it. Yes, I read the document and I'm so excited for it. Mike. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it'll be a 2022 launch, but maybe with, of course, some special offers before the end of the year. So stay tuned for anyone interested in a new, a new way of e-commerce. All right. Now let's talk about this week's show. It's a fun one. Actually, I'll be honest, Chris Davey is somebody you should know, Aubrey and others in the community. I'm sure a lot of listeners know him. He's, uh, he's an Amazon seller many, many years. Met him. I think he shared on my Facebook when we first connected as Facebook friends, but... He's been on our show at Global From Asia before at least once or twice, and he's been to many of our events. He also has his own events and community at FBA for you for Canton Fair meetups. So, of course, it makes sense to have him on the show about the Canton Fair. And the Canton Fair happened for the first time since COVID started just this past uh, October. And he went, he invited me, and he had a small meetup, and I was going to go, Aubrey. And those listening, but I had to get a COVID test within 48 hours. And there are some other policies and paperwork. And I'll be honest, I'm recovering from burnout. That's why I went to the the um, temple. So I was like, sorry, Chris, man, I, I really want to go and network and see some trade show booths, but I didn't make it. So Chris is going to give us some insights about how Canton Fair, and he also went to another trade show, have been post-COVID in this new normal, the new COVID world. So we will tune in. And it was actually meant to just be a segment. Chris was like, I don't think there's that much to talk about. And it was going to be a segment, but I think it's, it's a pretty long discussion that is I think, worthy of its own episode. So let's do this. A URL for today's show, globalfromasia.com slash COVID Canton, one word. All right, everybody. So let's tune in. Let's listen to Chris. It's been a while. I think, Chris, when was the last time? You've been on the show a couple of times at least, but it's been quite a while. We'll link him up on the show notes, but it's always a pleasure to have our friend, Chris Davey. Uh, from FBA for you, the founder there, and the Canton Fair meetups, and, and always keeping the community here connected. I've always appreciated it. Chris, how are you doing, buddy? Yeah, good. Yeah, really. I mean, I think I was on your, I think I was on your podcast last night, and I can't remember. It was like February two thousand seventeen or eighteen. It's quite a while. Yeah, back, probably. Yeah. Like time is <laughs> time is flying. I guess we're super. You know, I know you're super busy. We're also busy now, and the world has changed since then, to say the least. So I guess, you know, we'll talk about the, the fair the trade shows up in a bit, but maybe it would be nice just to hear what you, I, I will link the links, but you know, you're, you know, you're a established seller, seven figure, maybe eight figure by now growing seller. And soon enough, I'm sure I know we've been chatting, but you know, I know you've been really, really just doubling down, right? I mean, adding new products, you know, growing the team. You want to give us a little update what you've been up, up to before you jump into the the fairs yeah sure sure there's a kind of a funny story actually which was i was sitting at my desk job back in 2014 and i sent an email to michael because i was listening to his podcast and said yeah, yeah. hey do you know any do you know any amazon sellers in china like foreigners that you can get on your podcast because i'm 
you know, I want to start up an Amazon business, but, you know, there's nobody I know in China. And Michael was like, wrote back to me after about three or four months. Well, he wrote back to me straight away, but three or four months later, he said he was like struggling to get anyone to appear on the show. And I'm like, oh, don't worry. My product's going to be launching shit soon. And he was like, great, you can come on the show. Yeah. So that's kind of how I ended up on the show the first time. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. I mean, you know, especially back then, people didn't, especially sell a lot of sellers. You know, there's even, a, I did the vlog at your one of your Kenta Fair meetups. And I was asking people, what's your ASIN, you know, as a joke, but you know, a lot of sellers are so secretive and they don't want to share too much, you know, which I do understand, but, but so. Yeah. I kind of get that. But on the other hand, I kind of don't get it in China because all the sellers like sat right next door to each other. Yeah. You know, there's like, the, there's like these huge like offices, like full of e-commerce sellers. And we actually went to one a few weeks back and they just got all these like, you know, products just sitting outside with their brand names on and stuff like that. It's like, I think, you know, foreign sellers be scared to do that. Like, and it's like kind of weird. I still don't exactly get why they do that. But yeah, so anyway, what have I been doing? Working too hard, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, basically like pandemic came and, you know, I just got back into China just before the border shut. And I just been like working my ass off, like designing lots of stuff. And just like designing far too many things. So just like all of this stuff started hitting all at the same time, you know, like 40 products needing, you know, copy and photos and PPC and everything like that. And it's just like swamped me and sunk me pretty much, you know. So so that's kind of what I've been doing. And now I've been like, oh, I'm not going to develop any new products. I need to get all these ones that I've done get them out first and get them set up properly. So I've still got a whiteboard full of products. But I'm trying to avoid doing them. And I even went to Canton Fair. Yeah. And Cindy was saying to me, like, oh, this is cool. How about this? And I'm like, uh, no, I'm not really interested in anything. She's like, why did we come then? And I'm like, I just want to get a feel for the market, you know? But yeah. I don't want to actually, actually buy anything. <laughs> I mean, uh, even me, I know you had, you know, you had reached out to ask if I was going to go and you know, I wanted to, I really wanted to go, but man, no, the, 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 the I guess that's a good opening for the, you know, the content of discussion is uh, just to get into the show, right? Like even you, you're in Shenzhen, I'm in, I'm in, I got back down to Shenzhen a couple months ago from the North, even to come from within, we didn't, we're already in China, right? We made it before the borders closed, like you said, and you're in, but even within China, it was hard to get in, right? Yeah, even in the same province now. So they basically, for, for Canton Fair, they brought in a load of new rules. Yeah, so they for, Guangdong, for Guangzhou, sorry. So for that city, during Canton Fair, they implemented new rules, yeah, which was you couldn't come from another city unless you had had a COVID test in the last 48 hours. And COVID tests only last 48 hours. So this kind of meant when you were, you know, you needed a COVID test to like check in at the hotel, although we did find that, oh, if you weren't staying right next to Canton, it was a lot easier. But then like, you know, the first day you go to Canton Fair, you're already in the second 24 period of your COVID test. And while you're there, you need to take another another COVID test so you could go there the next day. Yeah, I heard. Yeah, you were, I think you and some others were telling me like, so just kind of recap. So yeah, you... You had told me like, oh, if you want to go, you got to get COVID tested within 48 hours, which you just said. And then while you're there, you have to also get it. Like I heard there was a line at the fair to get a COVID test. Is that, I don't know. Somebody said there's even a, a queue you could go for a test or, or somewhere near it or something like that. I, I don't, I don't oh, know. No, they, 
Their, their COVID tests operating all over the fair, yeah? Like outside the fair, inside the fair. You, like there was no difficulty getting a COVID test. So for us to get the one to go to Guangzhou in the first place, we needed to pay like $10, I guess, like 60 yuan. But once we were at the fair, they're basically like free because they do it in a different way. They do like 10 people at a time rather than a single test. So when you're at the fair, I mean, for us, maybe five or 10 minutes queue to get a COVID test. It was more problems for some of my friends kind of turned up uh, and their COVID test, they, it had to be a Guangdong COVID test. So I had to be done in this province. So they turned up from Beijing yeah. with a COVID test in the last 48 hours. And they're like, oh no, that's not acceptable. It needs to be a Guangdong one. Unbelievable, um, man. So, so they turned out a Canton Fair and they basically, they wouldn't allow me in because the, the, the Beijing one and the Guangdong one don't like, you know, communicate with each other or something like that. Crazy. So they had to do another one. And it's basically like, oh, you get the results within six hours. So their first day was written off because they couldn't get in. Anyway, we had actually organized a silver that we had everything we needed. So we just turned up there. The big problem we had was since the last time we went, our passport number had changed. Yeah. And we were really struggling to find where to change this passport number because in the back end of WeChat, this co this Canton Fair mini program was linked to the Guangdong oh. code mini program. And they were cross-checking the passports oh, and saying, no. they don't match. Oh, no. So annoying. So, I know it you... was no problem. It took like 10 minutes once we found it, but the problem was is finding anyone who knew where the hell to do it. Yeah, just like that's unbelievable. So... Uh, yeah, I think because I also have a new passport since since the last time. So when when you reminded me of that, I was like, man, I don't have a COVID test. I guess it's not that hard to get one, but then I so I you know I kind of kind of escaped going on, unfortunately, but but so how, so besides, you know, so you get there, you got the test, you got the passport update, you get inside. It's normal. I mean, the, you know, you've been there many years in the past. It's normal. The same. So, so the way, the way they've done it this time was it's normally three phases. So it's normally like five days on five days off, five days on five days off, five days on five days off. And each phase will be like very specific and they generally don't change it. So, but this time, there was only five days of Canton Fair. It was completely full, but they basically combined the whole three phases into one phase. I don't know how the suppliers got, you know, got picked who couldn't, who couldn't attend. But so it, but it was completely full, and I think they made a really good job of it. Tell the truth, as far as buyers go, yeah, the majority of the buyers obviously were Chinese. Yeah. So they changed the rules here. So like, there's a few different options, but like Cindy, for instance, she was called a foreign buying agent. And so she was basically like, she actually came in with me under my badge. So as a foreigner, you can bring two people in. Damn. And normally it's like $50 a day for them people. I remember and, you, and the badge only lasts one day. But now it was uh, $15 for the whole show. So they definitely wanted to keep people, you know, they wanted to keep it busy. Okay. So they were making it easier. I, I never noticed this before, but one of the stands told us, which is, you know, you got a strap around your neck 
These straps are different colors, and these different mean different things. So when we went to one stand, we were there about lunchtime, and she was basically saying, like, oh, we were the first people she'd seen with the blue straps, which is basically like means we're representing a foreign company, not a Chinese company. Oh, wow. Um, so, so more valuable. So that was lunchtime. It was, yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe, but maybe not. You know, it's like we, 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 I mean, we experienced some weird things there as well. Like, you know, there was one stand we went to, and that stand was actually seemed to be a foreign company maybe like a Chinese-based foreign company, but there was foreigners who seemed to be the bosses. And very strangely, they didn't want to talk to us. They had a big, like, huge stand there, yeah? And we were, like, trying to talk to them, and we didn't have a business card. And they were like, oh, basically, if we didn't have a business card, then they weren't willing to talk to us. It's like, who carries business cards in China, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So so we had some problems there. Okay. But all in all, the show was full size, like show, but only over five days. And it was reasonably good. I mean, I was I was pretty happy and the people I went with were pretty happy, apart from a bit of a pain in the ass to get in and need to do multiple COVID tests. The show was pretty good. But then two or three days later was the Shenzhen gift show. Yeah, let me hear about now, that. Yeah. Yeah, so normally I haven't, I've been to that one like four or five years ago, a couple of times. I went to that. Yeah, Yeah. I think I was that one. It was like used to be downtown, I remember, or somewhere in the city center, if I remember. Yeah, it was in Futian. Yeah. Yeah, Futian. In the exhibition center in Futian. Or it's not that it's very like Chinese local. You know, it's selling like, you know, dried meats and stuff like this. It's, all, it's almost similar to if you've ever been to the, the to the Chinese New Year sort of markets where people go there and buy like some dried food and, you know, sort of luxury food. There's a lot of this going on yeah. in the middle of like somebody trying to sell you a handbag. And this was before, right? So I wasn't really expecting much of it. And then they've moved it to the new exhibition center, which I didn't realize until I posted on Facebook the other day, I knew it was big. It's the world's biggest exhibition center. So it's bigger than Canton Fair. Wow. It's got 20 halls and it's, it's really big. It's really, really big. I don't know if you, you, I, you may have seen it if you've driven I think past I, it. It's like next the, to the, the airport. Yeah, I remember um, I was going to say, as you take the, 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 the highway to the airport, you see this massive, unending, like, exo, expo center. Yeah, I think I've seen it from afar, yeah, from the highway. But it's definitely huge. That's, that's cool. Yeah, so I've already been there a few times, but when I've been there to other exhibitions, maybe – maximum they had is like four halls open but this time they had 16 of the 20 halls open and i mean we went and like we were there for one day we managed to do four halls so in theory it was going to take us like four days to complete the whole fair it's kind of like gunning for in some respects i think all the hong kong fairs it sets up its game. There's still a little bit of the local feeling to it, but not so much. And to do it, 
this one and was like really impressed. I, I saw a lot of new things at this one and the cost of the booths at this one were relatively cheap. We asked the, we asked the people there, like how much are you paying for the booths? And like I saw standard booth was like 16,000 UN. So it's about, you know, like two, maybe just under two and a half thousand dollars. Yep. For four days. So it's reasonably cheap. And then there was also three halls there that were run by 1688. Oh, yeah, the Chinese Alibaba. Yeah, it's the Chinese version of Alibaba. So it's Alibaba, but it's their Chinese website, 1688.com. And this was really good. And these guys, they only paid 13,000 yuan for their booze, but obviously they're paying Alibaba as well, some subscription fees and stuff like that. And I saw a lot of good stuff there. I saw a lot of interesting stuff there. I met a lot of nice people there. What I would say about that one was it was like not as well organized as Canton Fair. So the stuff was a bit random. You know, you might be in the hall and it's a lot more random than Canton, Canton Fair was. And, you know, some stuff, it, it at the moment, it couldn't replace Canton Fair. But of course, if they did it three times, like Canton Fair did True. over a five-week period, then it definitely could replace Canton Fair because there wasn't any, like, clothes or shoes or anything like this there, yeah, or, you know, machinery or, you know, things that you might find at Canton Fair. It was more like electronics and gift stuff. And there, there was a lot of big brands there, which was a bit strange like Shirovsky, you know what is that i was like ask what you got stand here and they're like oh we're looking for distributors well okay so that was kind of interesting but yeah. it was quite a lot of big brands philips were there yeah and obviously a lot of the big chinese ones but there was a lot of foreign ones as well so all in all that show i actually enjoyed more more than canton fair and it's only 30 minutes from my house so <laughs> imagine that one develops kind of quite convenient so yeah that's yeah that's exactly one and also it's like oh you know if that one develops really good it's that convenient from hong kong that does there need to be exhibitions in hong kong anymore do all these chinese companies really need to trawl all their stuff to hong kong this is also a thinking you know i mean plus it's right next to the airport you know the shenzhen airport and then the exactly the greater bay plan you know the gba you know so it's definitely it's definitely something to think about and it makes sense you know especially after covid it's a good chance for things to change right you know the new world the new way so it's it sounds like it's possible well thanks chris this this turned out to be a great you know we were it's actually a quite a bit of insights here so um so then do you know about the next one, did they talk about the, the next fairs? Is it going to be again in the f- spring or, you know? They didn't talk about it, but I mean, generally the gift show is the same as Canton Fair, so it's every six months. So I guess Canton Fair will, will try again in like April, May next year, along with this Shenzhen show. So cool. it'd be interesting to see how this Shenzhen develops because those 
there wasn't any spare booths there. You know, I wasn't walking around seeing empty booths. I did see some empty booths at Canton Fair, but I didn't see any in the Shenzhen one, which makes me think they have got capacity to go for like phase two or something like that, you know? That's very, very interesting. Awesome, Chris. Well, thanks so much for coming on and sharing with us today. What are some places people can find? Of course, you have, you did do a little meetup this time. It wasn't nothing like, you know, your previous meetups, but I think you also did have a little get together and then at the Canton Fair, if I saw some photos. Yeah, that's right. We just had, I think we had 12 people or 15 people, something like that come. Just a few people, really. It was like back, back to one of the original venues, essentially. And there's like, a, you know, small, we just went for a meal together and then went to a bar and uh, drunk a lot of shots. You know, these people, mainly foreigners who live in China. So, <laughs> Yeah, these this, these are the survivors. These are the veterans, you know. I saw some some really regular great people in, the, in there. I wish I was there. All right, Chris, thanks so much. So FBA4U.com, right? That's the best best place or anything else or for the people to find you yeah that's it really i'm not really making too much effort on fbafu.com at the moment because like the main reason behind that was to run the networking events and obviously because there's no foreigners in china it's not really yeah exactly you know not really huge events we did do one in Shenzhen. we had about 25 people there but yeah so yeah fbafu.com or you can find me on facebook cj davy d-a-v-e-y great great thanks Thanks again for sharing it's great to have you back with all right thank you chris davies so much again for sharing on our show and to the community as always i we all appreciate what you do here chris and again the the show notes do you remember what the url is aubrey sorry to put you on the spot globalformasia.com slash we'll double check but that's the link for the url and you can find all our show notes, the video format of this and the audio format of this show and the transcription and links. And we'll try our best to cite some of the previous shows and other things that we've discussed during the event, during this interview. How about you, Aubrey? I mean, you're in a tourist city. It's your hometown, right? Porto Galera. It's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a local tra- travel hotspot, right? In the Philippines. At least I've been there for travel a couple of times. Do people... It's that you would call it a travel city, a tourist city. Yes, we're a tourist destination actually, and I believe um, we're famous too in Asia and <laughs> in other part of the world as well. Yeah, it is. I mean, like I've I've been down there. Actually, a lot of Fist listeners know the Tropical MBA podcast. They did a meetup at Porto Galera in 2011 or 12. I can't remember. Dan and Ian and the crew, and I I I, I tagged along to that. That was my. F- not my first time to Porto Galera, actually. I think my first time was 2009 or 2010. And actually, some of the Shadowstone team took me there in 2009 or 10. I can't remember which one of those years. And I've been a few times since. It's a it's a great little place, but you got to take... I think you can't drive. You got It's an island. You got to take a boat, ferry, right? From Batangas? Batangas, yes. <laughs> yes. And you need to take the boat. I was stuck in Porto Galera. I don't know if you knew this or not for two extra days because the the water was too choppy for the the boat they didn't let you take the boat because the water was too too rough does that happen a lot or was that just some um commonly it does when there's a typhoon especially or Mm -hmm. yeah so 
So that's a pretty, I, I like, you know, so you're right on the beaches. There's many beaches there, the white beach, and there's a few different beaches, but it must have been hurt hard because of COVID, right? I mean, I have some friends that have a hotel there, the Badlands Resorts, Sean, who I met at Tropical NBA meetup and and others. They must be, it must be very hard for the, that's the area, right? Because of the COVID and tourists. Yes, the pandemic dramatically changes our lives here. Establishment shutdowns, loss of employment, and such that. And it's really devastating, you know. I know. But, I mm-hmm. We're I recovering can't. for now, I believe. Yeah, I mean, we're all recovering. I mean, that's the right word to use. We're recovering, you know, the Canton Fair. I'm not sure you're familiar with it, Aubrey, but it's kind of like one of the more famous trade shows for your, for not just sellers, but B2B import-export people in China come here. And normally it was in spring and fall, April, usually, of course, a little bit of May and, and October or a little bit of November every year. So a lot of events would happen. Like Chris, who was our guest, has his meetups. We would do like try to do our cross-border summit around the, the trade shows or meetups or uh, other kind of cross-border matchmakers. Our, a lot of our events were always around these trade shows. But now, like you said, just we're recovering from COVID and uh, still dealing with COVID. So, you know, China is still very closed and you can't, so there's no, even for me to come from one city of China to that city, I was in Shenzhen to Guangzhou, as Chris talked about in our interview, you had to get a COVID test and you had to get paperwork and, you know, like, it's just not as open as it, you know, everything is going to be just so much more difficult. I think tourism and travel will just, I don't know. I, I don't know if it ever go back to the way it was. I can't, do you think, I mean, what do they say in, in your community there? I mean, do you think it's going to go back to normal or will it all always be different? I believe it will be always, it will stay different, but I guess I hope that soon it will be better than this situation. True. Yeah, I guess we can always, all we can do is hope. And, but it is, I think, recovering. Like you said, I like that. Um, but in the interview Chris talked about was, it makes sense, I mean, not thinks, but could see another kind of trade show emerge as maybe the bigger one. There's in Shenzhen, the city we're in, there's starting to be a, more, a new kind of trade. I don't know if it's new, but it's a gift show. And it, he could see it, and I could also see it becoming more popular or easier to be bigger than the original Canton Fair, or at least maybe start to compete or become as famous, maybe, as the Canton Fair because of the new world, the new normal, the COVID, the travel, different restrictions. So it's interesting that he talked about that and I, I could see that happening, but the world's going to continue to change. We're all going to change. I guess, you know, there's that saying, I'll be right. Like all that ever stays the same as change. The only thing that's the same as change, but man, it's just been extreme change for us and our community here at Global From Asia and many of our community and people in the, in the import, export, e-commerce space, the last couple of years have been just crazy. So but it's great, again, to have you and the team help and our amazing community members. Like during that members call you had last week where I was in Temple, they're really supportive and you're going to get to know more of them in the show. Maybe maybe you and some of our members can interview guests in the future. What do you think, Aubrey? Well, it's exciting, you know, talking with them. I really love their ideas and they're open to communicate with us. So I'm really looking forward to interview them in the future. Yeah. It's going to be great. 
All right, Aubrey, I think that's it for today's intro and outro. Thanks as always for coming on with me and sharing with the listeners and look forward to more upgrades and uh, I don't want to say recovery, but recovery of even Gulf from Asia, you know, or reinventing. We can get more members involved, more, more team members involved, more shows, more guests, more content, more fun stuff. So thanks for being here with us already. Thanks for listening, everyone, or watching and see you in the show notes and see you in the next show. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. To get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.